Hey, my name's Emma. Hey, my name's Maddie. And you're listening to The Pilot's Pandemic. Hey guys, before we get into this week's episode, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a safety advisory. This is a trigger warning. Some of the language or content used in this week's episode may be found as disturbing or harmful to one's self, aka triggering. Be advised and please proceed with caution. Hey y'all, welcome back to this week's episode of the Pilots Pandemic Podcast. You're here with your host, Emma, and our lovely co-host, Maddie. What's up, y'all? And today we are joined with our guest, Lydia Starr. Thank you so much, Lydia, for joining us. Thank you for letting me join you today. Yeah, we are obviously honored and privileged to be able to get the opportunity to share you and your loved one's story. But today's episode is going to be a little bit on the heavier side. So I do want to give everyone a trigger warning and there will be one before the show. So by this point, you've hopefully gotten two trigger warnings. Um, And I know today, like I said, it's going to be a heavy episode, lots of emotion, but we're here to share the realities of what the current era medical system is. And today we want to share with you Joey's story, Joey Starr. And we're going to do that through Joey, Joey's wife, Lydia Starr. Um, so Lydia, can you share with us how Joey got into aviation and what he was doing in aviation before he passed? Yeah. So um, when Joey pretty much out of the womb, um, they, his parents had actually, they were going through, um, his old like baby stuff and they had like planes on there already. Um, but his gramps, um, he was in the military, he was in the military and he was a pilot in the military. And so just from hearing his stories about flying and then also being super close to the Greenville airport, and always seeing planes overhead. That's kind of how he got into it and how he was interested in it. And he just, it was a passion for him, really something that he fell in love with. Um, and then right before, hang on a second. You're fine. So before he passed, he was a flight instructor for the Greenville downtown airport. He worked for Kavu. He had actually just um, switched companies over to Kavu a week before. And so he was a flight instructor. He had just over 700 hours when he passed. Um, um, So we know after speaking with you previously that Joey did suffer from depression and and we know through what he, he was doing flight instructing and he was trying to become an airline pilot um so how did that kind of affect him with his career aspirations joey is a very like type a personality um so he's very by the book rule follower wanted to do everything right and wanted to do it really well And I think with his depression, it kind of fed into this idea that he had to be perfect because he was expected to be perfect. Um, And it was very detrimental to, I mean, what he wanted to do because he felt like he couldn't measure up and that would feed into his depression. And it was just like an ongoing cycle. And he felt like he truly could not get help for it based off of what other pilots and other instructors were telling him about the aeromedical um, standards that the FAA has. Did he ever like realize that before? Like, was he ever like in conversation with you saying like, oh, you know, I have depression, but I can't admit it to the FAA because if, okay. Yes, I I have, yeah, I have text messages from him that I had completely forgotten about that relay that information is that he felt like and truly believed that he could not get help for his depression and he couldn't even be significantly like diagnosed with depression um and he couldn't be on medication 
Uh, he was in, he did go to counseling when he was in college for like three or four times. And then he stopped going and he never recorded it in his, like on his medical that he went. For you, like, and I don't have this question written down, but like, just from your perspective, when he was sending you these text messages, like, what was your reaction to that as someone who isn't in aviation? Like, how did that, uh, like, how did that make you feel as just like coming from a normal person's standpoint? It was, it was pretty hard. Like, it was very heartbreaking to see that and to know that the person that I loved was going through that. And in the moment, I didn't really think about, oh, like he needs help. I'm going to make sure he gets help. It's in the moment I was like, okay, what can I do right now to make him feel like he is needed and wanted in this moment and that he's loved and that everything that he's doing is paying off towards his future. So I wasn't really like it was it was so devastating like seeing those text messages and knowing he was hurting and knowing that i physically like could not do anything about it and that he felt like he couldn't do anything about it mm-hmm. so the only thing i knew how to do is to just be there for him and you know make him feel like he was as much loved as possible yeah just support him the best that you could I know that you had mentioned when we spoke on the phone the first time in some of our conversations you had mentioned that Joey like wanted to be the man the head of the household and take care of you and that eventually the plan was that you know you'd raise the family stay at home um and you had kind of mentioned that this was a situational stressor for him and I I related to this a lot because I definitely see this as a common theme just in particular in the south um I think there is a lot of that built into just what we expect as usual I think men are really expected to provide and when they're not providing I think it can really really weigh heavily on their ego I saw it with my own dad it was like one of the last conversations that we had but can you kind of expand on that a little bit more yeah um Joey he wanted to take care of me he wanted to protect me He wanted me to not have to worry. He wanted to not worry about money and where we were living because at the time we were not living in a great area. Um, And he was constantly worried about me and my well-being and my safety. And he just wanted to create a life for us that would reflect safety and happiness And I think that weighed a lot on him, knowing that he couldn't really do anything about our current situation and that with his job as a flight instructor, it wasn't a steady income. It wasn't something where he was going to work at eight and coming back at five every night. It was more of, oh, I have a lesson, but it completely depends on whether or not my student shows up. And I had a full-time job. I had a steady not super great paying job, but I was pretty much the breadwinner um, right before he passed was I was making the majority of the money. And I think that hurt his pride a little bit because he felt like he had this, t- this standard for himself to uphold. I think it's really crucial what you just touched on as a CFI, that that income not really being very steady. And I think that's just something for everyone to keep in mind who's listening. If you're a student pilot, um, you know, stuff happens. But I do know a lot of people that kind of just on the whim are very, can be very, I don't know, like just cancelish. And I think it's important to think about, you know, the effects behind this, not saying that you know, it's going to affect someone like very crucially, but it does. This is something to take into consideration when you are just canceling out of the whim or just not showing up to your flight lessons. Yeah. Then the night that he passed, um, he actually was supposed to have a discovery flight from six to eight that night and they canceled on him. And I think that just having those students or having those people that would make plans, he was sure about the money And then they would not show up because they got hung over the night before, or they kept saying they were sick every single time, 
like that does weigh on an instructor because that is their source of income. That is how they make money. That is how they provide for their family. If they have a family, like it's not just something that it's like, Oh, okay. It's not a big deal. They can get a job elsewhere. They can have another student. And it's like, no, they set aside that time to teach you. And so that's completely blocked off their schedule. They maybe had to turn away another student that could have taken that spot. And now that's not available to them. Yeah, it can be a big stressor for sure. I mean, that reminds me of when I was a personal trainer. It was the same thing. Like if my client canceled, then I didn't get paid. And I don't think they understood that, but it's frustrating if, if that's something that for me too, it was like, I didn't have to go to work, but I wanted to make money because I wanted to be able to take care of myself um, and not have that all on my husband, but having people cancel on you can be very stressful. Um, and as a flight instructor, you're just on that grind. You know, it's just like every hour makes a difference in your logbook. So that also plays on your, on your stress as well. Are you guys still there? Oh yeah, no, I, I agree. Okay. <laughs> I agree a hundred percent. And that's something that Joey had, Joey and I had talked about was that he would get extremely stressed out if a student canceled on him or he would, he would kind of get into this depressive mode if he was supposed to fly and then they canceled and, you know, things pop up and that's normal, but just not showing up isn't something that he expected from his students and he is like he didn't he didn't just not show up like he went to the airport and would wait for them like spending his own gas money and just for them to not show up and it was it was extremely frustrating for him and we had a lot of discussions about it um sure um and when you start talking about like those little things like people don't think about that either like you got to drive there and the time it takes and then you know feeling like oh they should take this as seriously as I do is also can be a stressor Mm -hmm. so I know now our audience is probably kind of wondering what happened to your husband Joey and why he isn't here today so if you feel comfortable elaborating on what happened to Joey can you share about what led to his passing Yes. Uh, Joey had a lot of trauma in his past that he was not getting help for. Um, And he felt like he couldn't get help for. And then coupled with you know, an extremely stressful, time-consuming job, he he kind of spiraled a little bit and he self-medicated. Um, he did use alcohol as a coping mechanism, which just made it worse because um, every single time he was stressed uh, or upset or wanting to go to sleep, he would, he would use that as an out um, to just not think and not feel which I feel like a lot, I mean, I can't say this about every pilot, but I feel like a lot of pilots, especially in the airlines, do that as well, is that if they've had a really stressful day, they use other means to alleviate those stressors. Um, And we had just gotten married. He was stressed out about, you know, us first getting married and just settling in to living with together. Um, you know, we, if this, I'm going to ask you a question like off the record. He also had a lot of high expectations for himself. Like he, he knew that being in aviation, it was extremely competitive and that he's naturally not a competitive person. Like he wasn't competitive in sports. He just kind of was like an at his own pace kind of guy. But again, with that type A personality, he felt like he had to be the best. And if he was anything less than that, or if he thought he was anything less than that, then that took a toll on his mental health. It took a toll on like how he thought about life, how he thought about providing. Um, He 
he felt like he would not measure up to what the FAA had put in place with their standards. He felt like he was going to be mediocre because he had these feelings and he couldn't get help. He, he was destroyed on the inside because he had nowhere, he had nowhere to go with these problems. And his, his family um, is very, very into therapy. Like they think it should be normalized. His sister has a degree in psychology. You know, it's, it's not taboo in our family to get help, but he was the only one that would not. And so, and I, and I do truly believe it was from, because of the FAA. So the night he died, um, I myself was getting very anxious from all of the drinking that was happening just because we had had conversations about it before and everything that he had told me about why he was doing it just didn't sit right with me because it didn't seem healthy in my perspective. So um, we got into an argument about, you know, safety and drinking and getting therapy. And I was going to go to my mom's for a few days um, just because I needed to cool off and, you know, not be around that in the moment because I couldn't, it was hurting me mentally too. And I just truly, all I wanted from it was for him to get help. Even if that meant him not being able to fly anymore. Like I just, I wanted him to be okay because that was my main priority was that his mental health and his physical health were good. And it wasn't at the time, it was not good. Um, so we got into the argument and he went into our living room and I went into our living room. Um, and he had mentioned before that, you know, we have like, we have guns in the house. Um, he had mentioned before that he was going to have his dad come by my father-in-law and take them just so that I would feel safer at home and he would feel better without that around. Uh, and I remember I was over by the front door by my purse. And I remember seeing him out of the corner of my eye, um, pick up something. And I turned around to ask him if he was going to be throwing it away. And I, I saw him shoot himself. And he stayed alive for five hours after that. Um, he held on for five hours until we could say goodbye at the hospital. I just want to say again how grateful that we are for you coming on and just being able to share this story because I know that you are still actively grieving. I know and grief is one of those things it's like it's it's always there and there really is no up and down to it but it does take a lot of grit to be able to talk about all of this so candidly so I admire you a lot and have a lot of respect for you so thank you Lydia um mm -hmm. so kind of touching back it seems like joey had definitely voiced to you that there was this stigma about the faa that he felt like you know i i can't i can't get help the faa standards um it like when did after he passed like how long did it take for you to kind of connect those dots or was it something that was like very pre prevalent for you it like like in the beginning did you connect those dots um i can i connected them pretty quickly just because in our last conversation that we had had was he had told me he was like okay i'll get help and i'm like are you serious like are you going to get help 
or are you going to blame me for it if you lose your job? Like, I don't, I didn't want to be the one that he went back to and resented if he lost his job, if he lost his passion. Um, so we had a lot of conversations about it and it was very, very easy for me to connect the dots in terms of like, if he had been able, or if he had thought he had been able to get help for his depression, I feel like it would have ended differently. Hmm. Um, I feel that way too, Lydia. I, uh, I know you guys had the conversations and, and it's, to me, it seems because I didn't realize like his family was, you know, very positive on mental health and, and getting help. And that you said his mom was a, a psychologist. Uh, his sister has a degree in psychology. So did he ever like have conversations with his sister about it or his family? Like what did his family say? No, um, I don't believe that they had many conversations about it. I know that he would bring up his frustrations with work to them. Um, you know, everyone kind of treated his sister as like a psychologist, even though she has, she's not licensed. Um, his family would always go to her about their problems so she could try and fix them. And she was like, look, I'm not a psychologist. I just have a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so they would, they would talk about, you know, his stresses and, but I, they didn't really talk about depression a lot. Um, it was more of like, you know, if you're feeling like this, like go to therapy or like, we know you have trauma, go to therapy for your trauma. But it wasn't, it wasn't the case of like, we know that you're really struggling with work and not feeling adequate. You need to get help. Yeah. I think oftentimes the families don't understand the gravity of like the medical hanging in the in the air, basically, if you go and get help, then it's the scary part is, will I get my medical? Will I be able to maintain my medical? And I think that's the big thing. And I mean, I don't blame any of the family members because when I started podcasting with Emma, I was very green and I I did not realize how much your medical weighs on your mental health, really, and everything else and your job and and then how that affects the rest of your life. So I myself have learned a lot um, since meeting Emma and, and understanding her story with her dad and her uncle. So I can understand how even Joey's family didn't really understand the gravity of that as well. I don't think any of us did. I think a lot of us now understand a lot better like how, how detrimental it was. Um, just because we've we've researched a lot since he passed and we've we've looked at a lot of articles and you know that's how I found you guys was through Tessa um Chris Daniel's wife and just watching like listening to your podcast like it has opened our eyes a lot more to the severity of mental health and aviation Avinola is a small-batch gourmet granola that's made with grain and gluten-free ingredients. It's made from ancient lupini beans, which are filled with fiber and tons of plant protein. It's less than one gram of sugar and only 95 calories per serving. It's a zero-guilt snack that checks all the boxes and loads of fiber to keep you feeling full. So Emma, what's your favorite part of Avinola? Well, obviously, y'all already know I love the chocolate, but the coconut almond vanilla is also very, very good. Um, Besides just eating it straight out of the bag because it's that delicious, I love to make like a Greek yogurt bowl, bunch of avinola, 
honey, berries, macadamia nuts, maybe some pecans. I don't know, whatever my little heart is feeling. But that is my favorite way to enjoy Avinola. And I especially love this company and this brand because A, it's a small business and B, it is women owned and created. We absolutely love Maggie. And if you haven't already, go back and listen to her episode. But you guys can use discount code PILOTSPANDEMIC for 15% off your order of Avinola. So code Pilots Pandemic. I really liked how you pointed out too, like, you know, when you think back on Joey and, and his life and and trying to change like what it the what ifs of of the situation, like maybe it could have changed if you would have chose a different way to say something or do something, or maybe if you would have just done something differently, maybe Joey wouldn't have done that. But I think that is just the a response that most people have. Um, my mom definitely had that for my dad when he was up in Alaska and he crashed his plane and, and passed away. She thought, you know, what if I just never let him go up there? But then it was like, well, how would have that affected his mental health? Because that's all he wanted to do was fly. And so we can always say, what if, what if, what if, but I think at the end of the day, we should never blame ourselves for someone's passing, um, it, unless it's the FAA, because obviously there was the stigma. And you can't, um, you can't even blame the person that passed because they were in so much hurt and pain with exactly. nowhere to go for it. Yeah. Uh, Emma and I just recorded an episode, um, And I had said, you know, even someone in depression, their brain chemistry is so altered. They're not thinking like a normal brain would. And so they're going to do some things to themselves they wouldn't normally do. And so we can't blame that person for for that response. Yeah. um, I I 100% agree. Yeah. And I just, my heart goes out to Lydia. I... I don't think we ever really mentioned when Joey passed, and I think that's important because it was very recently. Um, so can you tell us when that was, the date? Yeah, um, it was May 12th of 2022. It was on a Thursday evening. Um, so very, very recently. Yeah, he. Uh, we had our disagreement around, it ended around 7.10 that night. And then he was in the hospital from about 7, 15, 7, 20 to 11, 38 that night. Um, I just want to hug you through the, <laughs> the phone right now and, and give you such a big, like strong hug and, and just thank you. Honestly, it takes so much strength to talk about these types of things. Um, and still today we're dealing with that stigma it can be hard to come out and say yes my husband had depression um but we're just grateful you're sharing his story um and i know that there are bright very bright spots about joey so i was just going to ask you if you could share a story about joey that you're fond of i have two is that okay oh yeah that's fine okay um the first one i I don't remember when this was, but I remember talking to you guys about it previously. He, I had gone, gotten home from work and he had, he had been there most of the day and then he left to go grocery shopping and then came back and then went to a lesson. So when I got home, he wasn't there. Um, and I like walked through the door and on the coffee table was this white, I think it's winking owl wine um (laughs) and if for anyone that doesn't know winking owl wine is about two dollars three dollars at aldi aldi wine it's aldi wine and he he had put like one a winking owl wine bottle on the coffee table and i was like oh no and i went into our dining room and on the table were some flowers and then another winking owl wine bottle and i was like this man did not leave a trail for me. And I go into the kitchen to put my, like my lunch stuff from work down. And there's a winking owl by the sink 
and another winking owl on the stove and on the by the microwave. And for some reason, he had gotten into his head that I loved this wine. And this is my least favorite wine. I despise it. I don't know why. I just, I really don't like it. But just the fact that he went out of his way to do something so sweet and thoughtful for me was like, kind of showed his true character of how he was and who he was as a person. And it was, yeah, made me love him so much more. Um, the, so cute. <laughs> the second story, um, I vividly remember this. This was a few weeks before he passed. It was Easter weekend. Um, I was at work and I had had a very, very, very rough week. And he knew about it because we had talked about it. And I get this message. It's a Thursday afternoon around lunchtime. And I get this message from him. He's like, hey, what do you think about going to Asheville tomorrow after work and spending the weekend there? And I was like, oh, that sounds that sounds really fun. Are you sure? And he was like, yeah, yeah. Like, I know you've had a rough week and I want to get you out of the house. And so he got us a hotel room, um, non-refundable. And he was like, you know, it's non-refundable. So we have to go now. And Friday evening rolls around, I get home and I was able to leave work early. My boss let me leave early for this. And we just went up to Asheville and spent the weekend there. And it was, it was amazing. Just his thoughtfulness and how much he cared that I would have a good weekend and getting me out of the house and away from what might've been stressing me out. Airfare, healthy snacks on the go. Airfare curates and delivers healthy snacks to flight crew, travelers, and aviation businesses. They've sourced more than 50 snacks from small businesses across North America. Hundreds of pilots love these snacks because they are healthy, unique, and have a long shelf life. And they're perfect for keeping you feeling great on, in the flight deck. Our listeners can get 50% off their first order of customizable snacks using our discount code Pilots Podcast at checkout. So go visit airfarepouch.com to check out all the snack options and learn more. Again, that's airfarepouch.com to use our code Pilots Podcast for 50% off your first order of truly healthy snacks. we wrap up and we do our fun questions i just kind of want to end on you know what do you hope to accomplish by sharing your husband's story and is there anything that you would like our audience to hear with sharing joey's story i i hope that there will be real change with the faa and the regulations and i just i hope that mental health will be taken more seriously without being ostracized from aviation, because I know that is a very real fear for a lot of pilots is that they will be ostracized from their passion because it's more than a job. If you're doing it for your entire life, that's a passion. And I just really hope that more people familiarize themselves with the FAA, with the mental health stigma and that it does become more normalized in our everyday talk and conversation. What I would like to say to anyone who's listening is especially pilots, especially flight instructors, or anyone that is thinking about becoming a pilot is that you are not your job. Your job does not define who you are the people around you, what you enjoy doing, who you are as a person defines you. And I think that was something that was very lost with Joey is that he enveloped himself into his job. He became his job. Whenever someone would ask him about himself, he'd be like, oh, I'm Joey. I'm a pilot. 
And I just want people to know that your life and your mental health and your well-being is so much more important than any job you'll ever do. It, I wish I could say that to Joey now, because I feel like if he knew what the rest of his family and what I'm going through and his friends are going through, I think things would have been different. And I think that he, he would have given up his job if he knew the amount of pain we are going through. And I hope, and I pray that whoever is listening to this, if you are struggling, that you get help because your life is so much greater than your career. You can't have a career if you don't have your life. So you matter and you're wanted and you're loved. Amen. I second that. I think you said that beautifully. Yeah, that was perfect, actually. Like, yes, yes, yes. You checked all the boxes. <laughs> um, and we're very grateful. You're here. You're spreading Joey's message. Um, of a lot of the reasons why I like to share stories of those who have passed from suicide is that I want people to know that they're normal people. Um, they just had a hard time in their life and there was no support for them. And that's why they're not here today. And that's and that's the struggle that we have. We're like, hey, FAA, you know, actually this just reminded me, Lydia, of our that post I did about Joey and the four other people who have passed away from suicide this year, is that there are a lot of people that don't understand. And even trying to explain that to them can be very difficult. It's very triggering to have someone online just be like, well, you know, the reason they did it is this, this, and this, and they have no clue about the person, you know? That, that beyond frustrated me so much. I, I remember that post. <laughs> yeah. I was triggered for you, but I was like, I'm going to let you answer this in your own way because- you obviously have dealt with it firsthand and I haven't, but I was so mad. <laughs> and then I'm like, at the same time, we I want to leave these comments up so people can see the reality of how the general public thinks about these things or how someone at the FAA feels about these things. They very much think it's a black and white situation mm-hmm. when it's when it's not at all. And, you know, so, they, our loved ones did not you know, kill themselves because of our Starbucks order or, you know, just getting married. Like, yeah, getting married is a stressor, but it's a good stressor. It's a positive stressor. Being constantly Mm -hmm. worried about your job and where, how much your next paycheck is going to be and whether or not, you know, you can get mental health help. That's, very much a real negative stressor and not all of, you know, there are four medications that are allowed by the FAA, but who's to say that that does, that even works on your specific body. Exactly. They they have to do, you know, I had to get um, tested just to see, cause I'm on Prozac and I had to get tested to see if it would work with my body and how I am as a human being. Like, cause sometimes it can have the opposite effect. Yeah. That's really crucial to point out that like, sometimes it takes people a while to find a medication that works well for them. Um, and the FAA constantly wants to say, well, they're case by case, a weird case by case, case by case, case by case. They love to say that, but then yet they don't treat anything case by case because if they did, they would take all this into consideration. Um, but thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. So, but with that, <laughs> it's always so hard to wrap up into the fun questions. <laughs> Here's something it's super just- traumatic now. Let's have some fun. Yeah. yeah yeah but that's kind of the reason that we we ask the fun questions at the end because we do have such a heavy podcast we're always talking about hard situations but we also want to know people know like we're normal we do have lives outside of sadness and trauma so um if you're okay with it Lydia can yeah I ask you some fun questions okay yeah. all right so Emma you'll be proud of me because 
these questions are along the same lines. It's not as random as the ones <laughs> I like how answer. random they are. I love that the randomness of them. It always <laughs> it catches me off guard. It keeps things it's provocative. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it gets the people going. So, <laughs> so this first one, Lydia, I'll ask you first. If okay. you could only have like one high high maintenance thing on the on this list that I'm gonna list out for you for the rest of your life what would you choose? And the list is either getting your nails done, getting your hair done, or getting like facial or spa treatments. Which one would you pick for the rest of your life? Oh man. Um, I would, I would have to say the facial or spa treatments because those are so expensive and, but they feel so good and it's so relaxing. Yes. yes. Like just, I'm actually right, right there with you on that. Yeah. Like <laughs> I'm assuming that spa also takes into account massage. Hell yeah. So yeah, that's kind of like a sweet deal. (laughs) It is. I was, when I listed spa treatments, I was like, I feel like everyone's going to say spa treatments because it's like all encompassing, but the massage for me is such a big thing that I love. And like you said, it's so expensive that if I if I did that for the rest of my life I think I'd be okay I love to get my nails done Emma knows this about me but I would have to go with facial spa treatments because I feel like it's so much more rejuvenating than either getting your hair or your nails done and you're actually helping your body too you're helping your skin yes you're sweating out the toxins yep I am going with a very narcissistic answer, which is getting my hair done. Because <gasps> out of all I knew three it. of these, I knew it. Okay, I never get my nails done. I can live without that. Like I low key like like just a barren nail because I can get stuff done. I could crack a beer. Um, getting a facial or spa treatment. I don't think I've never gone to a spa and I've never had a facial, so wouldn't even know what it's like don't even have to go. Um, so yeah, getting my hair done. If my hair is right, I feel 10 times better about who I am as a human being. Like there's something about hair for me that is just, yeah, it's a little bit of a mild obsession. (laughs) That's a good one though. But I've been so, I've been so into skincare, um, recently just because it's one way that I help relax myself um, and do something for myself. So yeah, f- facials are amazing. Highly recommend. I really uh, want to get a facial, like a blackhead Emma, extraction. I want to take you. So when you come out here, I literally live like five minutes from a spa. It's a lodge spa retreat thing, but I went and took my mom for her birthday. And I also had never had a facial, but the amount of like care that they do for your face you wish you could have it done like every day because they steam your face. They do the blackhead extraction. They put all these cleansers and moisturizers and you just feel like a whole new person. And then the fact that it's like your face and so good for like your wrinkles and rejuvenating your skin cells, like, oh my God, I have to take you now. <laughs> it's it so honestly amazing. sounds like a blast. Like, cause I love anything where anyone touches my face. Like when I get, when somebody does my makeup, it is literally the most relaxing thing ever. So I feel like I would really like it. Um, I, I have fallen asleep a lot getting a massage. Ooh, oh, me too. God. I always fall asleep. Especially <laughs> when they do that last thing where they have like the lavender towel on your face. Mm-hmm. It's so nice. Yes. Okay. Can't, so now that we talked about... <laughs> Emma, you're going to learn. I come to Washington. I want to take care of you. Um, (laughs) But now that we've talked about like your high maintenance thing that you would pick, now we're going to kind of go into would you rather and would you rather, I'll ask this first to Lydia, journal or meditate? Meditate hands down. I have tried journaling in the past and I can never, when I was younger, I used to read those like royal diaries books and I'm like Mm -hmm. oh that's gonna be me one day someone's gonna find my journal and then make it into a book and so I would journal but I was never consistent with it and I just I can't do it but meditation especially with yoga you're stretching out your body and you're just you're relaxing your body and relaxing your mind 
and it's so nice. I like, okay, so I just can't relax my mind. That's the thing. I tried meditation for probably a year and a half. Every morning I would wake up, I had a meditation app and I tried and I tried with all my might, but I just, my mind just literally will not stop thinking. And so by the time the timer went off, I was like, I didn't meditate at all. I literally just thought a million things that I already worry about and I, I planned it out just to think about it. So Oh yeah. I can't just sit and meditate. Like I have to yoga meditation is okay. Okay. You should do yoga meditation. I should like, I really enjoy a guided meditation where someone's speaking because I think that helps me get out of my mind and then I can focus on the person talking, but where you're, where no one's talking and it's just silence. I can't do it. Um, but I do love journaling. Honestly, I journal every morning. It's uh very therapeutic for me. And I, it's a bunch of rambling, honestly, it never really makes any sense. And I probably say the same thing over and over every day, but I found that that helps de-stress me a lot. And I probably take about 15 minutes every morning um, and just write out my, what I want to do and what I'm going to do. And sometimes I don't follow through, but I feel like that really helps uh, my anxiety kind of dwindle down a little bit because I've written out what I want to do and what I plan to do and how I feel. So at least some, somebody, my journals heard how I feel, you know, that's why I like journaling. I, I definitely would have to choose journaling over meditation. The only time meditation has ever really worked for me is when I'm encroaching blackout drunkness with a healing frequency (laughs) going on. Um, I actually got, I, I did start to transcend a little bit. Like I started having that, like sinking, like, you know how they tell you like, and slowly forget about your feet, forget about your hands. You feel like you're floating and spinning at the same time. Yeah, dude, it was wild. I was like, damn, so this is what everyone's talking about. Um, it was very, very nice. And if I could achieve that without copious amounts of alcohol that would be great but i'm i'm like maddie like i've tried oh lord i've tried yoga meditation dude i went to a yoga meditation class man i i really really tried with that it's just you can hear how much energy i have i don't really think it's (laughs) it's just not something i can do but now a journal like if i'm really pissed off i will sit there and i will write letters pages books like a three-part series about what is pissing me off um so yeah I'm definitely gonna pick journaling I like it okay last question are you into any like voodoo things like astrology or tarot angel numbers Lydia um yes and no I'm not like super into it but a month after Joey passed, I was, uh, I was in Colorado. My dad was retiring from the military and there is this little farmer's market thing that was happening. So I went to it and this lady was doing free tarot card readings and I got to shuffle the deck and she did the whole incense thing. And it it was so scary, accurate to Mm. my exact situation. Like I was, I, I prayed afterwards I'm not going to lie. Like I walked away and I was like, dear Lord, please just (laughs) don't let anything follow me because I was like, so it was so scarily accurate. Um, and she knew nothing about me. So I definitely, I definitely believe that I'm not into it, but I definitely believe that that is a real thing. And then, um, I have a co-star app for astrology and I check it, but I'm not. Hell yeah. You know, Addis on CoStar. Emma and I both have CoStar. I love astrology. I love looking at my astrology and being like, oh, who is my perfect soulmate match? And, you know, what should I avoid today? I just think it's fun. I don't take it super yeah. seriously, but I think it's fun. So I, I do have that. Oh, yeah. I'm way into it. I love, I'm really into voodoo stuff. Like, I will, I'm not really like, someone who's like oh no I don't want to try that I already know that I don't like it 
Um, I'm someone who's literally like, if you want to take me to anything like woo woo related, um, I will do it. So we had a pilot on female pilot. Her name's Tia. Um, we had, she was like one of our very first guests and I went to visit her in Salt Lake city and she wanted me to go see a Reiki person. And then also I got to go to a medium so that I could speak with some of the people that have died. Um, and both were insanely accurate and energy changing and life changing. Um, and I still, I have a recording of the medium that I talked to and I go back and listen to it. And I'm like, Oh my God, like she knows things about me before I even knew them. And, um, so yeah, it, I think these things are always something that you can be skeptical about, but when they really resonate with you, it kind of makes you beg to question, like, maybe this is a little bit real. I definitely believe that people have like prophecy and they, they can, like, I definitely believe that people use that for their gifts. They have gifts. So that was just, I never expected it to be real. And I was like, oh, it is real. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Then it becomes scary. I'm like, I don't want to go back to a Reiki person ever again, because she told me too many things that scared me shitless. I have a friend that went to a freaking, what is it? Uh, a medium. Yeah. Yeah. And she like talked to her husband. Yeah. I mean, that was a, that's it was what Tessa. I did when it I was Tessa. I, she went, she went to a medium and she like the medium oh, wow. talked to her husband. That's amazing. And oh, she, that's she so- used a fake name too. Oh, wow. Did she record it? No, no, but she, we oh, talked, bummer. we talked about it in the car. Yeah. The reason I went to was because, um, Tia, who was on our show a while back, her friend Parker died in a plane crash. And so she contacted him through the medium and was able to talk with him. And Tia will really make you believe in all of this stuff because she has so many like experiences with Parker who has passed and he continually like shows up in her life. And so I'm like, wow, this is amazing. But yeah, mediums are very intuitive and I feel like they can connect to the other realm. Mm-hmm. Emma, I had to breathe. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that the afterlife is real because I have, like, I know I sound crazy right now, but I exhibited it first or witnessed it firsthand. So I don't really like, I like astrology, but I am super hesitant to dabble in any of the other stuff because when you've seen a spirit and then you felt like something or someone touch you that is not freaking there. It just changes your like whole perception. I don't want to know what my dad wants to say to me. We'll figure that out later. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like maybe when I'm older, but like right now I'm like, I know, you know, especially my uncle, like if my uncle came through, oh shit. Oh snap. I'd be like, close it down. Close it down. <laughs> Do you guys believe in, uh, in demons? See, and that's oh. the thing is like, because yeah. I, I full on believe I know. I saw I saw one. Oh gosh. Uh, how do Lydia. you know it's a demon, bro? How do you know? I, like, how do you know? Straight, I was in a very depressed mood, um, or in a very depressed place. This was like a month and a half, two months ago. Um and we Nikki, my sister-in-law, had come down and she was like, We're cleaning up your area. It looks like a freaking depression hole down here. Like we're not going to have you in this. And so we started like cleaning up and I picked up a couple of our save the dates, like a a box of our save the dates and a few of them fell and we had just gotten cabinets in. they were secondhand. We got like an entire kitchen and kitchenette for like $400 from these people. And they fell to the floor. And when I went to go pick them up, I looked like bent down and I picked them up and I looked up and in literally in the cabinet was this just horrifying, grotesque face, like staring into me. 
I believe it. I fucking believe it, Lydia. I believe you. Like, and I'm not saying that sarcastically. Like, ghosts are real. Demons are real. I don't care. Y'all can tell me I'm woo-woo this, that, and the other, and that. I, I was... Need Jesus, I need help. But they are fucking real, and it is something to be, like, aware and afraid about, dude. That shit is real. It, it, was, it was so terrifying. It just... Like, and I know it was a demon, and I know it was real for a fact, because I just started getting, like in a circle about what happened the night that he died. And it was just playing over and over and over and over in my head. Like it, it wouldn't stop. It was, it was terrifying. That's like when I, I don't know, apparently what I saw was just something trying to warn me. But after I saw what I saw, like I see, I shit you not. Like it was something that fucked with me for at least a week. Like I just felt different. And that night, like I went to bed and I rose up out of bed because somebody full on like grabbed both of my shoulders like hard and squeezed the shit out of me. And I know like, I just know for a fact, like, mm. I don't like that. That (laughs) makes me so, well, and see, that's the thing is like, I was already kind of a little bit shooken up because I know what I saw was real because I was with somebody else who did not believe in this kind of stuff. And Thank God for that, because nobody would have ever believed, like, nobody would have believed this story because it was so, I mean, I was on a golf cart, it was fully charged, that shit died immediately. Um, Whatever manifested itself, it sucked the energy and life right out of that. My phone died, we got back, and I felt just off, and I kid you not, I had been asleep for not even 30 minutes, and I fell asleep just thinking about it, and the way that this felt was just like nothing that I had ever felt in my life. You know what I mean? Like I really truly felt somebody grabbed me and I woke up immediately and there was nobody there. Like, I believe, I believe you. I a hundred percent believe you. My sister-in-law scratched like across into where the face was. She was like, we are not doing this. (laughs) Yeah. Did you sage the room? Uh, we blessed the room. Okay. better yeah. even better i always tell emma like either sage yourself or rob black tourmaline the rock black tourmaline all of you because that um seeps out negative energy so yeah we we had the room and the cabinet and like the entire house like blessed because we we believe in that and you yeah. that's not something that we mess with yeah that's no. why i'm just yeah. that's why i get so hesitant about like playing around with that kind of stuff because it's like dude once you unlock it it's just like a whole other world and sometimes that's why even astrology scares me a little bit because it is so accurate and I'm like oh god I don't want to know this I don't want to know these things about myself (laughs) it is slightly Emma Emma marriage marriage possible marriage Marriage possible yeah we did our compatibility maddie and i's astrology compatibility and it was so fucking accurate and one of the things that it said was like union and marriage possible with this couple and i was like bro i held on to that i'm like yep marriage possible (laughs) marriage possible i love that but i know it's it's just like it's it's weird when you start to like what you said about the um tarot cards it's like all of that stuff is just so accurate. It's like I almost what you said, Maddie. Like I don't, I don't want to know. There are things that I just don't want to know. It's like right now, I am definitely. I feel like I, I would like to talk to my dad just because my dad is my dad, and I know my dad. Um, you know, daddy's little girl is gonna love me no matter what. Um, so I'd be open to speaking to him if that were possible, but. I just don't know if I am because I feel like my uncle would be really, really mad. I feel like he is angry. But then again, at the same time, I'm like, you know, if I wasn't talking about this, nobody would. And like nobody, like literally nobody would know anything about my uncle because that's the whole rest of my family just wants to forget about it. So I wouldn't have known about this whole movement if you hadn't. Exactly. And see, that's the thing. It's like, I don't know. I'm I'm really torn with that in myself. It's like one half of me is like, oh, I'm keeping their memory alive. Like, I feel like they, they would be proud of me. And like, I'm trying to honor them. But then the other half of me is like, if they were alive, it just never would ever, ever, ever happen. Like never, ever, ever, ever in a million years will we ever be sitting here having this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, Lydia, I, I just, I'm absolutely in love with you. You have such an incredible soul. I admire you so much. And 
I don't know. I'm just, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. Um, I think, I don't know. I just, I think you're going to go places. I think your story, your passion, you are just a very strong person. I just see like lots of good things coming your way. And a thank you again for oh, coming thank- on the show. Thank you so much for allowing me to share Joey's story and giving him the possibility to help other people. It means so much to me.